Let's all go to Genesis 8. If you didn't bring Bibles with you this evening, hold up your hand real high. And the ushers have extra Bibles. We'd be glad to let you use one of ours. And let's all go to Genesis 8. We started on a new series recently. We're calling How to Harvest. How to Harvest. What's the good news about becoming very proficient at harvesting? You got more to sow again and more to do more with. There are things we should know. There should things we should learn and be developing in. And uh, I know just from my small experience uh, that in these things that there's a lot of people that don't believe in sowing and reaping. Church people that as it pertains to material things and in a lot of areas. But then even among those that do, there's a very limited view. And we want to talk about that and we want to get free from uh, some ignorance. Yeah, that's right. Hmm? And from some confusion. Sometimes people uh, will holler in despair, well, I'm doing everything I know to do. Well, that may not be enough. You may not know enough. That's just a fact. Ignorance is not bliss. <laughs> you can be destroyed because of what you don't know. And uh, thank God the entrance of his word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Would you take some more light? Would you take some more understanding? In Genesis, the 8th chapter and the 22nd verse, we looked at this last time. Let's look at it again. Genesis 8, 22. After the great flood that covered the whole earth, the Lord said this. He said, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. As long as the earth remains, these things are going to continue. Which is uh, why, you know, no matter how we pray, we're still going to have some hot weather and some cold weather. And we're still going to have some uh, summer and winter. And we're still going to have seed time and harvest. That's not going to change. That's going to remain. God's Word translation says, as long as the earth exists, planting and harvesting, cold, heat, summer, winter, day and night will never stop. The easy to read says, as long as the earth continues, there will always be a time for planting and a time for harvest. Now, Jesus taught us in the, what we call the parable of the seed or the parable of the sower, that the principle of sowing and reaping is universal. He said, if you don't understand this parable, how will you understand any of the other parables? Because this is the granddaddy principle. Everything operates off of this principle. Every seed has produced after its own kind. Every plant, every animal, you and I are here because of seed. Right? And spiritually, it is true. Jesus is called the seed. And it was prophesied that if that seed remained alone uh, or, or didn't die, it would remain alone. But if it fell into the earth and died, it would produce much fruit. And when Jesus hung on the cross, when he died, when they buried him in the tomb, when he went to the heart of the earth, that was God planting his best seed. Come on, do you believe that? And how many know that seed did die, but it does not remain alone. God has created the miracle of the seed. So when you put it into the ground and it dies, that is not the end. He is the God of resurrection. And that seed now has sprung up and produced. How many know he raised from the dead? And now there are those who are made in his likeness and in his image all over the planet. And there are millions of us on the earth and there are millions of us already in heaven. Has this seed produced beyond a hundredfold, beyond a thousandfold? I don't know how many, but we know that when we meet on that shore, there will be millions upon millions of... You never saw, we never saw that many Christians praising and worshiping God at the top of their voice. 
And you can sing louder than you ever sang before because you won't have any of the weaknesses and limitations of the flesh in this condition. You never heard millions upon millions upon millions. You look across them and you can't see the back of the crowd. And you look that way and you can't see the back. You can't see that way. And we're all in front of the throne of God. And it came from one seed. Jesus. Glory to God. Now everything in the earth. Did you eat today? It's because of seed. Whether it's plants or animals. It's because of seed. Sowing and reaping. Seed time and harvest. Everything works. Everything works. By this principle. Now. We asked a question last week. We need to go on further into it. Go to uh, Proverbs, the 10th chapter. Let's look at this again. Proverbs 10 and 4. Proverbs 10, 4 says, He becomes poor that deals with a slack hand. Is that verse just as true as the rest of the verses in the Bible? That if you're lax and you're lazy, you'll be poor. (laughs) Not one amen. (laughs) <laughs> is that verse just as true as Mark eleven twenty four? Huh? That if you deal with a slack hand, that means you goof off when you ought to be working. You're lazy, slothful when you ought to be diligent. That you'll become poor. Is that true? That's Bible too. But the hand of the diligent, that's the opposite of being slack, the hand of the diligent makes rich. Now we've touched on this, I want to go further into it. Some have left the impression, and not necessarily maliciously, it could just be because of a lack of knowledge or short-sightedness. You know, like one fellow accused Brother Kenneth Copeland, he said, you're not preaching the whole counsel of God. He said, I don't know the whole counsel of God. <laughs> I'm preaching all I know. <laughs> and the fellow or woman that got up and said they know it all is lying about it. Even Paul, with all, he got called up to heaven. He got revelation direct from the head of the church. And he said, we know in part. Yes. Didn't he? That means there's parts you don't know. And the parts you don't know are where you can get into trouble. It's where you can leave some big omissions and, and th- assume things because you, you, there's parts you don't know. But there's been an impression left that all there is to prospering in God is sowing seed, giving offerings, and making confessions. And that's just not true. That's not all there is to it. And that will explain why some people have given, 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 confessed, 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 and yet they've experienced lack. And they have not seen 30, 60, 100 fold returns in their giving. And because some have not seen 30, 60, 100 fold, they have deduced that there is no 100 fold. And they don't believe in it. Well, if you don't believe in 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold, what do you believe in? 20-fold? 10-fold? Five and a half? Two? Going once? Huh? Do you believe in any fold? Well, see, people get hung up. They go, well, I don't believe in 100-fold. Okay. What do you believe in? And the reason why some folk are like this is because they believe harvest is all up to God. And that's where their confusion has come in. Well, I haven't seen hundredfold. Well, I have, and a lot of others have too. Now, come on, think about it. We're reaping. We reaped this week at the church, didn't we? Have we sown seed? We have sown seed. And we're reaping. I mean, you go back to where we first started out with no congregation and no money. And you go from there to here. We've had project after project where millions were involved. And it's all come in on time or before and enough and more. We didn't have it. But where did it come from? 
I'm not hard selling people. I'm not trying to con anybody. Are you with me? You're here every week, week in and week. You know. We're just saying what's going on. And we're believing God. Well, we are reaping. I said we're reaping. I'm not saying we're, we're at the fullest development of reaping, but we're reaping. We're reaping. And we must be reaping more than we're sowing. Oh, we couldn't, we couldn't do these things. We couldn't experience these things. So whether it's 28 and a half fold or, or 15 or 16 fold, it is a fold. It is a multiplication of the seed sown. And don't get hung up on trying to uh, split hairs doctrinally. Go back to the natural example. When you sow a bean, you don't reap a bean. Or two beans. Huh? Or even three or four beans. You reap pods full of beans. Is it a rare unbelievable thing to think that a natural seed could produce 20-fold, 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. No, a good wheat harvest can be 50-fold. A good corn crop can be 300-fold. Come on, think about it. You plant a couple of kernels. You got a stalk. You got ears. How many kernels you got? Did you have a miracle multiplication? Never we grown up with it. To us, it's old hat. We've been around it all our life. But it's miraculous. I said, it's miraculous. God creating the seed and putting in it the ability to multiply itself. For one kernel to turn into scores of kernels. That's a miracle. It's around us. It happens all the time. But it's a miracle that God has put in the earth. And there was once just two people on the planet. Adam and Eve. Is that right? You know, racism is ignorant, isn't it? We all go back to the same place. It really is. And people that think they're racist against certain kinds of people, it really is dishonest because you got some of that in you. Whatever you think you don't like, you do. And if you think you don't, you're just lying to yourself. And background and, and these differences in cultures and, you know, skin color is no different from hair color right. or eye color. It doesn't make you anything or doesn't make, you know, gender, background, culture. We all come from the same seed. That's right. Don't we? So we all got a lot in common. Right. We might as well love each other. <laughs> right? We're going to be together for a long, 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 long time. And I don't think there's any segregation in heaven. Do you think? You got Baptist town, Catholic quadrant. Huh? Somebody says, no, you were to faith. Don't go over there. There's going to be no distinction. We, our genealogy is easy to keep up with nowadays. I am born of God. And I've been made the seed of Abraham through faith in Jesus. That's all I need to know. That's eternal. And it makes no difference where you come from, what your background is. That's the same for everybody that is born in him. Didn't the scripture say there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither male nor female, right? None of those things make any difference now that you're in Christ. The only thing that matters is a new creation. In Christ Jesus. That's all that matters. And aren't you glad you are? Are you glad you are? And if you're not, you're, you're in the right place tonight or you're watching in the right place. And you can be before the service is over. He said in Proverbs 10, 4 and 5, He becomes poor that deals with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He that gathers in summer is a wise son, but he that sleeps in harvest is a son that causes shame. The New Century Version says, A lazy person will end up poor, but a hard worker will become rich. Those who gather crops on time are wise, and those who sleep through the harvest are a disgrace. 
The complete Jewish Bible says a sensible person gathers in summer, but he who sleeps during harvest is an embarrassment. Can you sleep right through your harvest? Could you do it in the natural? You need to plant a big crop. The Lord blesses it. Sun shines on it. The rain falls on it. It produces 30, 60, 100 fold. But does it come in by, does it get to the barn? Does it get to the silo automatically? And by itself? Could you be lazy and lose a crop? Oh, it's happened many times. Could you just lay up and, and lose your crop? Well, see, that same thing is true spiritually. The reason it's that way naturally is because it's that way spiritually. Everything in the natural came from reality in the spirit. And it is a reflection and a pattern of what already existed in the spirit. But the confusion has come with many thinking that reaping is automatic. That if I sow seed, if I give offerings and I make confessions, that's all there is to it. That the reaping is God's part. The harvest is God's part. And many charismatics, many word and faith people believe this. But it's not so. It's not true in the natural. And it's not true in the spirit. Now you hear how quiet it got. Which means we're exactly on something we need to be on. Because if you already knew everything, uh, you know, you wouldn't need to come and hear anything else. But no, we need to learn more about reaping. Would you be open to learning some more about how to harvest? Well, this is one of the big ones right here. Reaping is not automatic any more than it is in the natural. We don't expect God to get our cotton crops in. We don't expect him to get the soybeans out of the field into the silo. We don't say, well, we planted it. Now the rest of it's God's job. How would it work for farmers to say, we planted it. He gave us a good wheat. Now, God, it's up to you to get that wheat in. No. So when are you going to get your wheat in? Looks like it's ready. Well, no, God's going to do that for us. No, you're going to lose a crop. You're going to lose a crop. God gave you seed. He gave you the ground to plant it in. He gave you the understanding to know that you need to put the seed in the ground. And he rains on it. And the sun shines on it. And the ground makes it produce. That's his part that nobody can do. But then when the harvest comes, you can't say, God, now it's your job to make sure I experience a harvest. Selah. Ecclesiastes 11. Now don't take my word for this. Search it out. Look in the scriptures. You know I didn't write these verses now, don't you? Ecclesiastes 11. And we're going to show you more and much more. You know how we do around here. We'll stay on it. We'll camp on it. I'll go over it and over it until you can quote it without reading. That's how things get. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. You don't just need to hear. You need to hear and hear. And hear. And hear. Till it gets in. Till it's not just logged in your little mental library in your head, but it drops down in your heart. It opens up. You see it. How could you tell when you see it? You become excited. You go, glory to God. I see that. I see that. All I got to do is quit doing this and start doing this and do this. And then I'm going to reap like I never have before. That's right. But one of the first things to understand is that reaping is not automatic. And reaping, harvesting is not God's job. Didn't the scripture say concerning spiritual harvest? Pray ye that the Lord would send laborers into the harvest. Well, why don't he just do it? That's our job, right? Our job is planting. His job is making it grow and multiplying, right? Increasing. And then when the harvest is there, it's not his job to get it in. It's our job to get it in. And so we plant our seed in our offerings. And the principle is the same. But so many have not taken any responsibility, didn't understand. A lot of it was ignorance. Just didn't see and know. You got to sow by faith. And then you wait by faith. And then you reap by faith. And some people have been pretty good sowers, but lousy reapers. Because they're just waiting on God to do it all. But you can go ahead and confess right now, no matter how, what you've experienced, you can say, I'm getting good at reaping. I'm learning. I'm developing. I will be 
a top-notch reaper. (laughs) Good at reaping. Good at harvesting. There must be a generation that excels at harvesting, don't you think? And wouldn't you think that we're living in a time that we should... And see, all of it flows together. Some say, we need to harvest souls. Absolutely, that's what we're talking about. But it all goes together. If you don't harvest your money, you won't have the resources to reach the people. It all goes together. And the principles you learned in harvesting natural and material things, you use the very same principle in believing God for a bunch of people to come in in an altar call or to get the church there so they can come or to get the ministry there so they can come. It all goes together. You can't separate it. Now, where are you in in, uh, Ecclesiastes 11? Verse 4 says, He that observes the wind shall not sow. He that regards the clouds shall not reap. The BBE, the basic English, says, He who's watching the wind will not get the seed planted. And he who's looking at the clouds will not get in the grain. God's Word translation says, Whoever looks at the clouds will never harvest. Is it possible to sleep right through your harvest? We've read that. Is it possible to get to looking at the wrong thing and put off sowing and not sow? Oh boy, how many people have done that? Well, I got this going on this week. I got these bills coming in. I can't give right now or I can't give much, you know. And so they, and if you do that, guess what will happen next week? There'll be something come up and what you're doing, you don't realize it, but you'll go months like that and the months will turn into years like that and you keep procrastinating and putting it off, not realizing that the enemy will keep you in that position perpetually. And if you're going to be deterred and dissuaded from giving by something coming up, something will always come up. You got to get to the point that you will obey God no matter what. No matter what it looks like, what you see, what you don't, what you've got, what you don't, you will just obey him. If you get to looking at the wrong thing, you won't sow. But here, is it just true on the other side of it? We know that's true. We've seen it. Is it true that after you've sown and the Lord blesses and brings in a harvest ready for you, that you can get to looking at the wrong thing and not reap? Is it true? Just like it's true that you can get to looking at the wrong thing and not sow, you can get to looking at the wrong thing and not reap. Uh, Millions are doing it all over the country right now because of the economy. There are all kind of Christians that believe, even people that believe in sowing and reaping, and people that have given in times past, but believe they couldn't reap like that now. With the condition things are in right now, you couldn't expect to reap like that now. Maybe when things get better. You're looking at clouds. Right? You are making excuses. And God is saying, I am still the same. I have not changed. I can do this. Easy. I can do it now. No matter who's in office or who's not in office or who closed or who didn't close or who went under or who didn't go under. God didn't go under. And he will always be in office. You know, there's no elections in heaven. None. No campaigning, no voting. God says you're in this position and that's it forever. Thank God, he never changes, and his resources never diminish. So don't get to looking and say, well, we, I don't know we could have that this year because of, and you start listening reasons, excuses. Oh, that's clouds that's in your eyes, and that's the only reason it couldn't happen. God could easily do it. It's possible to get to looking at the wrong thing, and that prevents you from reaping. Now go with me over to... The book of Genesis 26. And let me remind you of what we ended with last time. You're going to Genesis 26. But put up Luke 5, 5 on the screen for us. Luke 5, 5. We, we saw where that Peter let Jesus use his boat to preach out of. And then Jesus told him in verse 4, 
He said to launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. Is the Lord, let me stop right here. Did Peter sow a seed? He did. He's sowing his time. He's sowing his equipment. Isn't he? This is normally when he'd already be back home eating and in the bed. They work at night. He's tired. He already got, he said later, we worked all night long. And he's not talking about sitting behind a desk. They've been throwing nets out. And pulling them in hard manual labor. He's tired. But he stayed and he allowed Jesus to use his equipment. And he stayed with it and assisted him and helped him. How many know the Lord's not a moocher? You sow into him, expect a harvest. And I mean, as soon as he's done, he says, all right, now, Peter, service is over. Launch out your boat into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. For a catch. Verse 5. Peter said master we toiled all night. We've already done that all night. That's what we've been doing all night. And we took nothing. Did you hear that? We took nothing. How are they doing on the reaping? (laughs) But it's not because they weren't throwing out the net. They were working. They were spending money. They were using their gear. But no income, no sales, no money, no increase, no harvest, no reaping. But now the Lord says, everybody say the Lord said. said. Say it again. The Lord said, cast your net. He said, we worked all night, we took nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Say it out loud, at your word. At your word. word. New American Standard says it like this. Simon said, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing. But I will do as you say. I will do as you say and let down the nets. Now we're going to go into some other things and see a number of things before this is over. But you won't hear anything any more important about how to reap than this right here. How do you reap? You do what he says. When he says it, where he says it, the way he says it, that's how you reap. You sow your seed and you wait and you stand. It could be days, it could be, some things will be months, some things will be years. But then he'll tell you. Maybe you'll get up in the morning. Maybe it'll be in the nighttime. He'll start bringing something to your mind. To do. And it could be something you've done 50 times with no results. But when he says it. There's difference between when he says it and you say it. (laughs) When he says. Go over there. See them about this. Ask them about this. Go over there. Present this. Go here and do this. What is he saying? He's saying launch your boat out. Huh? And cast your net for a draft, for a catch, for a harvest. Come on, are you listening now? This is how it works. But see, some folk have thought, well, I've sown my seed and I'm a tither and I'm a giver. So all I got to do now is just lay on the couch and make confessions. My God shall supply all my needs. 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 Get up off the couch and go over there and do this. My God shall supply all my needs. My God shall supply all my needs. My God shall supply all my needs. Well, that's not going to work. Because there's also scripture that says, if you deal with a slack hand, you'll be poor. Yeah, but I, I sowed seed. Yes, and he's honored that. And he's got a harvest ready for you. And he's, he's trying to get you to get over there and get it. Even when he rained manna out of the sky, they still had to leave the tent and go pick it up. Didn't they? You can't just lay in the tent and make confessions. <laughs> There's more to prospering in God than just giving offerings and making confession. That's part of it. And it's a vital, important part of it. But it's not all of it. And can you see where I think some folks have missed it? 
in these areas and got off because they took a truth and they tried to make it the truth about everything, but there's other truths. They all agree, and you got to rightly divide. How do you rightly divide a truth, a scripture, with other scripture, other truth? And they all agree. So he told him, cast out. And at first he, he was reluctant to do so, but he quickly corrected and he said, but because you say so, I will do what you say. And you know the story. They threw out the net and caught such a huge catch of fish. It began to break. They beckoned to their partners. They brought their ships and their nets. And they filled up the ships so much with fish that the ships were beginning to sink. They were, they were so deep in the water, full of fish, water starting to come over the side. This is money. Money. They are commercial fishermen. That's what they do. This is paying off your house. This is paying off your car. This is sending your kids to school. Come on, are you listening? This is money. And see, they were tired, and after the natural, you'd have been in a hurry to get back to the house and eat and get in the bed because you've got to get up and go to, to work the next evening and try to catch some fish. And so many have missed the harvest because they're too busy to harvest. And the Lord's wanting you to catch so many fish in the next few minutes, you don't even have to go to work tonight. You don't have to go to work the rest of the week. <laughs> if we learn how to listen to Him... We will work less and make more. Much more. We saw recently in the scripture the story that Jesus told about the guy that worked an hour and got paid for a day. Come on, somebody's got to like that besides me. Huh? How many like the idea working an hour, getting paid for a day? That's blessing. That's increase. That's harvest. So I don't want anything unless I earn it. Well, you can't even go to heaven. Unless I earn it with my two hands. Well, then you're going to hell. Because you sure didn't earn it. No, friend, you've got to learn how to live by faith and by grace. And by grace, everything's a gift. You did not earn it. And you don't deserve it. But it don't mean you can't enjoy it. And yet you can still work hard and be diligent doing what he told you to do. Now did you find Genesis 26? How did Peter reap this harvest? Does anybody know? How did he reap it? He did what the Lord told him to do. Didn't he? His natural inclination was not to do that. He was tired. He was weary. He didn't see why. He didn't see how come. Was it an act of faith? To just do what he said. And that's the same way it will work with every one of us all the time. We won't see why we should go here or there and say or do this or that. You won't see it. You'll just have to step out by faith. And you've got so many that are wanting the benefits of following the Lord without following the Lord. They look at others and see blessing and see great things and good things and miracles and say, well, I want that. So, And some people have left the impression, well, just sow a big offering into my ministry and make confessions and you'll have it. And that's simply not true. You need to sow where he tells you to sow. When and how. But that's not the end of the story. There will be junctures in life. Some things will happen more regularly. Other things will be big things that will happen, you know, every few years or so. And the Lord will direct you, go this way. And it will require faith. It could be starting your own business. It could be uh, making a purchase or an investment. Uh, uh, I've heard people testify and know individuals who have been driving down the road and the Lord's dealt with them, buy that piece of land. I'm thinking of an individual right now, very, very wealthy. And he's just driving down the road. This is decades ago. And the Lord dealt with him, buy that land. Well, it was nothing special about that land that he knew of. But there's a lot we don't know. And the Lord dealt with him, no, buy that land, buy it now. Well, it was a large parcel of land. And it was way out away from anything. No development, no plans that he was aware of. But he just obeyed. 
And his head's going, man, you know, I could be using that money for something more, better investment. How long is that land going to sit out there? What am I going to do? I mean, just a few months later, he found out that's where the new interstate's going. <laughs> right through there. And nobody, he didn't know it. And it hadn't been made public yet. And, and he was able to, the Lord dealt with him next, put a shopping center out there. So he did. And so the rest of it became very, very wealthy. Just following the Lord a step at a time. Somebody say, follow the Lord. See, you got people that want the results of following the Lord without following the Lord. Doesn't work. And so you got to learn how to pray. Imagine that. <laughs> and talk to the Lord. You got to learn how to hear from Him. I said, You got to learn how to hear from Him. I said, You've got to learn how to hear from Him. And be led. You're going to see something that is consistent with every financial miracle. It'll start like this. And the Lord said. The Lord said. Launch out. Throw out your net. The Lord said. The Lord said. Every miracle starts like that. The Lord said. But there would have been no miracle unless some man or woman had the faith to say, yes, sir. I'll do it just because you said so. And Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. Now in Genesis you see a perfect example of this in Isaac. Genesis the 26th chapter. Are you there? Genesis 26. Verse 1. There was a famine in the land. Sound familiar? Beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham, and Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared to him and said, Go not down to Egypt. Well, Egypt was where they had stuff. Egypt was where they had reserves. Egypt was where they had banks and banking. And Egypt was where, you know, not just out in the the country where they hadn't had crops for years and everything's dry and burn up, go to the city where you can find something. You can buy something. You can get something. Everybody was going to the city because it's burnt, dried up out in the country. No crops for years. Livestock dying. Everybody's going to town, going to the city. Just because everybody's going to the city don't mean you're supposed to go to the city. Just because everybody's moving to that part of the country, because well, business is good over there. Well, well, this is good. No, that doesn't mean that's where you're supposed to be. The Lord specifically told him, why would you think he told him, don't go there? Because he was getting ready to go there, like everybody else. Don't go there. You dwell in the land I shall tell you of. You stay where I tell you to stay. Surely the Lord would not tell me to stay in some burnt up, dried up place. He has. Surely the Lord would not tell me to stay in some little town. <laughs> some little piddly, podunk, backwards. Poverty minded? Huh? Surely he wouldn't. Friend, that could be where your hundredfold is. is. Is that not in this chapter right here we're about to read? You've read it, haven't you? If not, we're about to read it for you. People do that. People ask us about Sarasota. Why'd you go there? There's millions of more people just an hour north in Tampa and St. Pete. There's millions of more people just an hour and a half south in Fort Myers. Millions more people. Well, if we'd have been looking for millions of people, we wouldn't have come to Branson. <laughs> I mean, the population of Branson is what, 10,000 or something? 
<laughs> why'd you why'd you go there? See, you got people being led by demographics, yeah. led by numbers. You can be in the middle of the richest, most populated place on the planet and be broke. Or you could be where the Lord told you to be. Out in a little place that had one store and an intersection. And have the biggest place in the county and and be blessed. So blessed. Blessed. Because you went where he told you to go. And you stayed where he told you to stay. And you sowed where he told you to sow. And you reaped where he told you to reap. Come on. Whatever he tells you to do. That's where the miracle happens. Oh friend, learn. Learn how to be led by the Spirit. That's one of the most precious, valuable things Phyllis and I got from Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry and and others that have learned some of these things, I'm telling you, it just makes you feel sad for people that don't know how to be led. Get you some materials. We, we got materials here. Won't cost you a penny. Well, we got two series in particular. How to be led. Is that right? Spirit-led life. One and two. And that'll keep you busy for a few days. And, and we... You know, you can have any of these materials. You can download it in its entirety off the internet. And there's other things. What does it mean if no cost? It means no excuse for not knowing these things. You need to learn. And some of these things you don't learn overnight. You you begin to learn them and begin to walk in them and practice them. And and you learn how to discern him and discern his word. You can be led by the spirit of God in the small things of life. Am I telling the truth, Christians? Is it possible? I read a quote, I believe it was Lily Tomlin, the comedian. Uh, She said it like this. She said, uh, if you talk to God, it's called prayer. If he talks to you, it's called schizophrenia. (laughs) That's pretty good, isn't it? (laughs) Why do people think it's cool to talk to God? But, oh, don't say he talked to you. (laughs) No. No. Him speaking to us. And I'm not talking about hearing audible voices all the time. But Him speaking to us, communicating to us, should be a continuous thing. Day and night, He will cause you to know which way to go, what to do, what not to do. He'll give you a witness to do. He'll give you a check not to do. And this is the key to reaping and to everything. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, the Scripture says, they are the sons of God. Sons of God can be led by the Spirit of God. Do you believe it? Genesis 26. He said, don't go to Egypt. You stay here. Stay in the land which I will tell you of. Sojourn in this land. You stay where you are. Yeah, but God, everybody's broke here. How am I going to get a big offering and everybody's broke? I got to go to a big city where somebody is. Mm -mm. I've seen people do that kind of thing in a few years, not even in the ministry. Never get your eyes on people. They're not your source. Never were. Never will be. Mm -mm. Well, I'm going to go over there. I'm going to go over. I hear, you know, that people's got money over there. I don't mean they're going to give you any of it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> he said, don't go there. You stay sojourn in this land and I will be with you and will bless you. You cannot experience the blessing of the Lord out of your place. Disobeying him. And you can give all the offerings you want to and make all the confessions you want to. And if you're not where he told you to be, it's not going to work. You're not going to be blessed. And you're not going to reap. And that's what has been confusing to some. You stay in this land. And I'll be with you. You might say, I'll be with you here where I'm telling you to be. And I will bless you. When God says, you stay right here and I'll bless you. What should you do? You should stay right where you are and don't care what anybody says. I'll give all these, these countries to you. I'll perform the oath which I swore to, your, to Abraham, your father. 
I'll make your seed to multiply as the stars of heaven. I'll give to your seed all these countries. And in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. This is that more blessed we were talking about. Not only are you blessed, but through you, many are blessed. Verse 5, because, oh, come on, get this now. Because what? Why is this all going to happen? You obey me, and I'm going to do what I told your daddy I would do. For you and for him. Why? Because he obeyed my voice. Have you ever looked through the scripture how many times the Lord said obey me. Obey my voice. Hearken to me. Listen to me. Do what I tell you to do. Scores and scores of times throughout the Old Testament and scriptures and new. Obey me. Abraham obeyed my voice. He kept my charge. He kept my commandments. He kept my statutes. He kept my laws. Do you know also God made Abram rich? Did he? Rich, rich, rich. Very rich. Well, spiritually, yes, but in cows and goats and sheep and gold. It's right there in the Bible. You can't hyper-spiritualize it. Somebody say gold Gold. and goats. goats. (laughs) How do you hyper-spiritualize goats? Goats. Man had a lot of goats. A lot of cows. A lot of sheep. A lot of gold. A lot of stuff. And the Bible said very plainly, God made him rich. God's the one that did it. And one big reason we know why is what? He obeyed obeyed what the Lord told him to do. Verse 6. Isaac dwelt in Gerar. And you have the instance that happened with his wife and how God spared him in that. And verse 12, Isaac did what? Sowed in that land. Very specific. In what land? In the dry, barren, broke land where the Lord told him to stay. I'm sure people laughed at him. And said, he's just throwing that seed away. He hadn't made a crop here in the last six years. Look how parched, how dry and cracked the ground is. And he's out there plowing and planting. And Peter and his bunch had toiled all night and taken nothing either. Right? What's the difference? The Lord said. He said do it. And he received in the same year. Come on. Not in the big city, out in the boonies, in the middle of broke and devastated. He reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Come on, verse 13. And the man waxed great, and he went forward, and he grew until he became very great. Yeah. So, well, that's just spiritual. Verse 14, for he had possession of flocks and possessions of herds and great store of servants. And the Philistines envied him. I believe the Lord has always intended that his blessing be so great and so obvious on his people that it would provoke unbelievers to jealousy. They should want what we have because they need what we have if they don't have him and they don't have there is nobody on the planet that's okay without Jesus nobody nowhere no how and they should be able to see us how blessed we are shouldn't they I'm not talking about just huge amounts you know show somebody your deposit slip I'm not talking about that I'm just talking about that Things happen for you, and it's hard to explain. Uh-huh. How? And people say, what? How did that happen with all this other stuff going on? With this economy and with this and that? How did that happen? And you just smile and go, I know somebody. Yeah. <laughs> you can know him too. But did the Lord reap the hundredfold for Isaac? Did the Lord sow in the land? No. Who did it? Isaac had to sow. Didn't he sow? Verse 12, look at it again. Who sowed? Isaac sowed in that land and received. Who received? 
Isaac received in the same year a hundredfold. He sowed and he reaped. Now, you know, some people have a problem with hundredfold. Now, I do not promise everybody that sows into this church that you will reap a hundredfold off of what you sowed. You could reap tenfold. You could reap 250-fold. I don't know. Some say, well, why won't you guarantee it? The Word guarantees it. Does it? What Scripture? Exactly how? No, see, there are many variables. You got the quality of the seed. You got the quality of the ground. You got the faith of the sower and the reaper. Don't you? How well are you going to be led? Are you going to do what he told you to do in reaping? Because if you don't, you won't reap. If you, if you obey halfway, you'll reap halfway. How can I guarantee? I can guarantee that we're good ground. I can guarantee that we will hook our faith with you and believe with you for a multiplied harvest. I can guarantee you that God is faithful. And he will cause that seed to produce. Many fold. I can guarantee you. He will cause you to know the right place and time. And lead you to reap. I can guarantee that. Can I guarantee that you will follow. And reap it all. I wish I could. But I can't guarantee that for you or for me. That's Some things are up to us. Isn't it? How much we sow and how much we reap is not all up to God. But some have said, well, I just I don't believe in that hundredfold. And, and some have said, it's a metaphor. Hundredfold is a metaphor. And I like what Brother Jerry Savelle said. He said, well, then was Isaac looking at a hundredfold field a metaphor? <laughs> No. He's looking at a hundred fold. This is Bible. This is not somebody's opinion and theory. Come on, this is Bible. And somebody says, well, but that's Old Testament. Yeah, and we got it worse than them. I thought we got a new covenant, a better covenant, established upon better promises. If I hold up a $50 bill and a $100 bill and I ask you, which one is better? Can you tell me? This is not a hard question. The hundred is better. Why? It's got the fifty in it. Plus. That's why our covenant is better than theirs. We didn't lose anything by the coming of Jesus. Come on. We got everything they had. Plus. Plus. We're not just servants, we're sons. We don't just have the anointing on a few people. He is inside every believer. He said in that day they'll not say know the Lord. We'll all know him from the least to the greatest. No, this is literal. Hundredfold in one year. If it could happen in the Old Testament, it could certainly happen in the New Testament. Right? Absolutely. It has happened many times and will happen again. And there are several factors involved in it. And are you interested in learning more? And are you, as we speak, becoming a better reaper? Say it out loud. I'm becoming right now. As I'm here in this service. I've already become a better reaper. The Lord's teaching me me. how to harvest. harvest. And I'm learning and I'm I'm getting good at it. I'm getting good at it. it. Why? Because the more you reap, the more you can sow, the more you can help other people, the the better you can do. Not just a good sower, but also a good reaper. Don't you like this? 
Let me read this to you from the Amplified in Genesis 26, 12. Then Isaac sowed seed in that land and received in the same year a hundred times as much as he had planted. And the Lord favored him with blessings. Now, let's, we know this happened. We know a hundredfold happened and can happen and happens. But look at the elements. Isaac stayed where the Lord told him to stay. He sowed where and when the Lord told him to sow. And he reaped where and when the Lord told him to reap. Come on, can you see this? This is how you could get a hundredfold. Being led every step of the way. Thank you, Master. Let's go to... Hmm... This thing grew on me while I was talking. Once you go to Isaiah, the first chapter, and also find Matthew. That's where I wanted to go, the 21st chapter. In fact, let's look at Matthew 21 first, then we'll go back to Isaiah. We'll do it that way. Matthew 21, then we'll go to Isaiah 1. Matthew 21. Verse 28, Matthew 21, 28, Jesus said, a certain man had two sons and he came to the first and said, son, go work today in my vineyard. Verse 29, he answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he repented and went. Verse 30, he came to the second, his second son and said, likewise. And the second boy said, yes, sir, I go, sir. And went not. Verse 31. Whether of them twain. Which one of the two. Did the will of his father. Now you might think this is. Too easy of a a question. But Jesus is asking us. And there's significant reasons why. Do you know which one. Actually did the will of his father. Which one. And they say the first one. The first one was what? The guy that said, I'm not going. But then he changed and he went. The second one said, I'm going. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Here I go, sir. And he never left the house. And Jesus said, the publicans and harlots are going into the kingdom of God before you. Ooh, that made them mad. (laughs) They think they're so holy and, and high. And verse 32 He said, John came to you in the way of righteousness. You didn't believe him. The publicans and harlots believed him. And you, when you had seen it, repented not afterward that you might believe him. Now this proves that the scribes and Pharisees that were so anti-Jesus, they actually saw and knew in their heart that he was the fulfillment of Scripture. But because of the envy and the jealousy, they wouldn't do it. And see, they're the ones that would herald and say, oh, we worship God, we obey the Lord, we keep his laws, we keep his commandments. And he says, okay, here's my son, receive him. And they would not do it. And the harlots and the publicans, they said, we ain't never going to church. We sin and we like it. But when they saw, they repented. And they came and gave their, give me a sinner who's honest about being a sinner any day over some hypocritical so-called Christian. You can do something with them. You got people who are so messed up and then they're sinning and and doing all kind of wrong things, but they'll argue with you and get mad and give you scriptures why it's okay for them to do it. And, And you cannot be right like that. It's not the person who talks. It's the person who does. It's not the hearer of the word. It's the doer of the word. It's not the person who who says amen and takes lots of notes in church. Who's going to get their finances in the best shape of their life. Come on, are you listening to me now? And going to get all their debts paid off. It's not the person that is the loudest that makes their confessions when we stand up with our offering. Who's it going to be? The person that when the Lord taps you on the shoulder or wakes you up in the night or deals with you in the morning, go here, do this, do that, 
that actually does it. That's the ones that are going to experience financial miracles. And, and see these things. Go to Isaiah. Isaiah, the first chapter. You know these verses, but I want you to rest your eyes on them. Let them get in your spirit even better. Isaiah, the first chapter and the 19th verse. What does it say? What does it say? If you be willing and, see, not just willing, not just who will do it. Yeah, we'll do it. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, you know, you've been willing long enough. Do it. Oh, I'm willing. Okay, now do it. Uh, we're willing. Yes, sir. You can do that for years. Procrastinate and talk. But if you'll actually be willing and obedient, what will happen? You. You will eat the good of the land. If you refuse and rebel, you'll be devoured with the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. The New American says, if you consent and obey, you'll eat the best of the land. Easy to read says, if you listen to what I say, you'll get the good things from this land. Listen to the message. This is kind of humorous. It's, it's not really. The, the message is not, but the way they say it. He said, verse 19. Verse 19. If you'll willingly obey, you'll feast like kings. Verse 20. If you're willful and stubborn, you'll die like dogs. <laughs> they might have took a few liberties there. <laughs> but it does kind of the same general idea, right? You, If you obey the Lord, you'll feast like a king. If you rebel, you'll die like a dog. Go to Job in closing. <laughs> what do you think you ought to do in light of all this? Obey, obey, go all the way, do it today, don't delay, huh? obey, somebody say obey, 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 it's thinking about it the same as obeying, no, it's praying about it the same as obeying, no, no, you got talking and doing. Talking is not doing. There comes time when it's, that's enough talking. Now get out the door. Hook them up. Get them gone. Get with it. Time to be diligent. Fire up the boat. Get the net out. Huh? Crank up a tractor. Plant your seed and crack soil. Do what he said. Time to do it. Job 36 and 11. Job 36, 11. If they obey and serve him, they will spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. My, my. Verse 12. But if they obey not, they'll what? Die like dogs. They'll perish <laughs> by the sword. And die, now this is interesting, die without knowledge. And other translations say, the new century says, if they do not listen, they'll die by the sword and they'll die without knowing why. Without knowledge, that's saying the same thing. They'll die without knowing why. The complete Jewish Bible says, if they don't pay attention, if they don't listen, They'll perish by the sword and die without learning their lesson. Boy, I don't want that to happen to me, do you? Then what's the solution? Obey. Obey today. Listen to the other translations of this. Ben, this is a good word here. He says, if righteous people listen, God's word translation, if righteous people listen and serve him, verse 11, they'll live out their days in prosperity and their years in comfort. New century, if they obey and serve him, the rest of their lives will be successful and the rest of their years will be happy. Is this the Bible? If you obey him. Now people try to. There's been people that have implied. That if you really obey God all the way. Your life will be more hellish than it's ever been. Because the devil will just come after you. With full force. Because you decided to obey God. 
You ever heard people talk like that? They say, well, man, I never had so much trouble until we stepped out and tried to obey God and build that new church and do this and do that. And, and oh, man, all the devil's in hell. So it seemed like they turned loose on us. Then you're implying that the more you obey, the worse shape you're going to be in. The harder it's going to be. What, what an incentive to obey God. Huh? It's going to be more hellish than it ever was. No. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and what? He adds no sorrow to it. It's just all good and no bad. It's all upside and no downside. Willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. You'll spend your days in prosperity. Come on, do you believe this? They're years in contentment, the NIV says. Years in comfort. They'll be happy. If complete Jewish says if they pay attention and obey him, they'll spend their days in prosperity and their years pass pleasantly. That means we're busy serving the Lord. We're blessed, 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 blessed. We're a blessing to everybody, and the years just keep ticking by, and we hardly realize it because we're we're doing we're busy doing the Lord's work and got everything we need. Next thing you know, we look up, and it's time for us to leave this place. And the devil was waiting, 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 so he could jump in our life and really mess us up. But he needed us to disobey and be rebellious, and we just kept him waiting. <laughs> We just kept him waiting year after year. And then we're old, old. We're biblically old. And we've seen it all and done it all. And we go, up. sorry, devil, I'm out of here. You lost your chance. And we just leave and go to be with Jesus. And he didn't have the opportunity to destroy us like he does so many. The Bible said he goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may don't you like that word? Whom he may devour. Obviously there are some he may not. Would you volunteer to be some of them? He may not. We see very clearly who they are. They're not those who refuse and rebel. The Bible said they get devoured. It's the ones that are willing and obedient. If that's you, go ahead and stand up and Stand up and identify with that and volunteer for that. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.